Hi, hello, welcome to another episode of Isaiah's Newsstand. It's your host, Isaiah Edwards. The date is November the 19th, 2022. Hopefully this episode finds you well and in good spirits. Um, As for me, pretty good, pretty solid. Let's see how I spend my Saturday so far. I did a little bit of work, then I went and got a pizza, Little Caesars, uh, pepperoni, hot and ready. Then I got a Italian cheese bread and yeah, I ate that and I passed out for like four hours. <laughs> so that's been my day. Um, podcasting a little bit later than usual, but, uh, yeah, it's been a good day. It's been very relaxing in its own way. It's almost like I'm hibernating already. Um, let's see, we can get into some news. Um, I got an FTX update. I kind of want to maybe just elaborate a little bit more here, too, on that situation. Um, I got this from NBC News. Tom Brady, Larry David, and other celebrities named in FTX lawsuit. The lawsuit alleges that U.S. customers sustained $11 billion in damages and accused the exchange of targeting unsophisticated investors. Um, now, I wanted to start with that right there, the unsophisticated investors part. That's something I've heard a lot this week, listening to stories and reading articles and stuff. And it's like, man, like y'all just calling them dumb, right? <laughs> and I understand, like, they're trying not to be mean about this. It, it sucks for anyone to get into this kind of situation and, and lose money. And there's people who are literally, like, losing money. Because uh, their company said as an investment for their retirement or whatever, we're going to like invest in FTX. It's going to be a great idea. They're only on the up. And um, I mean, that kind of goes into why Tom Brady, Larry David, um, I believe uh, Giselle Bunchen, yeah, Bunchen, um, who is Tom Brady's ex-wife. Also, they were in a commercial together. Uh, let's see. State Warriors guard Stephen Curry. Kevin O'Leary is also implicated. Um, though I've heard Kevin O'Leary, I think, lost money because I think he was also invested. Um, but I, before I kind of get into the article, kind of like how I did the last time I covered them, I want to kind of update a little bit more because I've learned a little bit more. But essentially, as I kind of said, he, uh, you know, Sam Bankman fried, freed, freed. <laughs> People are clowning this dude, so I get his name mixed up. But we're going to obviously just call him SBS still. Um, so FBF, SBF, he, you know, came in off of doing exchanges. Apparently I've learned that like he made a really big, crazy exchange that people were like, this is so hard to do, like getting your Bitcoin converted and doing it through all these transfers and stuff is not easy. But SBF figured out at the time he could exchange like, a, like a Japanese like currency, like a Bitcoin thing or whatever, and then it was a it was a different rate of pay. So like he was able to make this really big trade off of like doing the conversion somehow. Like obviously I'm explaining this like an idiot, but I'm very unsophisticated. <laughs> what can I say? But essentially, he pulls this off. Everyone's like, "Wow, you're so good at this!" Wow. And he's made a lot of money. He then flips it and, you know, keeps growing his business. Now, the Alameda Research thing is the first thing he makes. And that's, like, his first business. And they're kind of supposed to, like, 
do their own kind of investments and things of that nature and do these like kind of risky leveraged bets or whatever. Um, but then he also goes on to do FTX and people don't really bat an eye at this though. That right there is a big weird issue because obviously once people noticed it again and then noticed that there was so much tied into Alameda research group from FTX, it's like, Oh, this is weird. And then, you know, more, cause I think there was like leaks that wound up on like CoinDesk or something like that. But essentially that, um, their books are more or less like, I don't want to say cooked, but they were using money, like customer money to make these bets. And that's a big no, no. And that obviously is going to open you up to a lot of legal problems. Um, but I mean, this is something that you kind of, it's, it's hit and miss in the coverage. I feel like you see it a little bit. You don't see it a lot. Um, but I mean, that's the big issue. That's when people saw that. And then not to mention when, uh, the, what the owner or CEO or whatever of Binance came out and said, Hey, I'm dumping the FTT coins, which are the coins that, um, uh, FTX was making. And also what is it? FTX is a uh, futures exchange. I don't think I said that in the other time. So there's that, that's what it means. But, um, the coins that they were making were pretty much like, it was their own way of making money. They were printing money. But this money isn't real, and it's tied to this idea that this is a good idea, that FTX is working and it's only getting bigger and bigger. Not to mention the lobbying that SBF was doing was – it was looked at as like, oh, okay, yeah, yeah, we should be doing more regulation. And it's weird that these uh, you know, these other people are kind of like naysaying him and, and calling him like you know sus for that. But he is sus for that because essentially the way he was doing these regulations – were so that he could continue to kind of keep skirting these laws. He had moved his business from the States to Hong Kong because the regulations were lighter, easier, more loopholes or whatever. He also could get good access to like, you know, flights to Washington, yada, yada, yada. So it worked out for a time. But then they saw, oh, we can just go to the Bahamas. Um, and he put his girlfriend in charge of the Alameda Research Group. Also, speaking of his girlfriend, I can't remember her, her whole name. I think it's like uh, Carmela or Camille or something. Camilla, I don't know. But anyway, she's a part of this as well. She's another factor here. Apparently, there was like a whole little like polycule relationship that they had. This like mansion they bought in the Bahamas. Um, so they're mixing a lot of business with pleasure, more or less is what I'm saying here. But this is a person who also, I mean, and you really got to look at these 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 people like their timeline, their history, like they have no business being CEOs. They have no business handling all this money. But it's crazy if you just kind of have the right vibe, people just go, oh yeah, this dude's fucking smart. This dude's a genius. And literally he played into it. It's almost like, I mean, you look at this guy and you see Jesse Eisenberg from the social network. He like stole his whole flow. And he did that on purpose because people look at that and go, oh yeah, that's what a tech guy is supposed to look like. You're supposed to look like uh, my, you know, dramatized version of whatever I think Mark Zuckerberg looked like. Yeah, yeah, this guy knows what he's talking about. He's he's the one. Um, there's also another story where like he was chilling on his little beanbag chair and he had a Zoom call meeting with investors or potential investors, and he like pops up like, "Oh hey guys, hey what's up?" and then like proceeds to wow them with this like 
you know, super good, clean, you know, pitch presentation to get money or whatever for, you know, FTX. Um, also, apparently, I don't know if this is the same Zoom meeting. I'm, I'm not sure. I'm kind of fuzzing it. But, like, he's wowing these investors. And they're like, wow, he's so on it. He's so smart. I really like what he's saying. But then it's revealed later on that the whole time he was playing League of Legends on another monitor. And it's like, bro, what the fuck, man? Like, it... He just has this like aloof nature, like whatever. But then you just you you find out all the shit behind the scenes that they didn't know what the fuck they were doing, they, or they didn't care. Like it's it, it speculated that like there's a range of the shit of like oh they totally knew what they were gonna do. This is a Ponzi scheme. He's literally come out and and described it as such on sometimes, and it's like it, kind of on accident in a way. Like he's like saying this on a podcast, and people are going like. Haha. Oh, you know, what you're describing isn't Bitcoin, dog. It's you're talking about a Ponzi scheme. You might want to rephrase that. And he's like, hey, like, uh, like, and he proceeds to like do it a little better. And they kind of just let it pass a little bit. Like, but the, that's that's a red flag. Like, um, also, SBF is like continued to talk a lot. Um, he seemingly kind of can think like, oh, well, this is off the record. Right. Or whatever. And it's like, dude maybe you should just be a little bit quieter, <laughs> but he's been tweeting, doing all this kind of shit, but, um, so yeah, that's, that's as much like the lead up of, I'm, I'm gonna give you, I mean, I could spend a whole episode talking about this man, this company, um, the Tumblr posts from his, his, his ex-girlfriend or whatever are wild, talking about, like, how she, like, wants to be in, like, a, like an imperial harem style relationship, that shit is insane, um, but yeah, we can get back to the, the, the article. Essentially, they are getting sued, um, for, um, you know, potentially duping customers and, you know, the other people are, um, you know, the celebrities and the sports players, all this kind of shit. They're implicated in this lawsuit because of the commercial. Uh, also SBF even had like some of these people like appear at parties and things of that nature. And I, it's, it is one of those things where it's like, if you were following this and you saw this shit, like, it does one of two things to you, I think. It makes you hooked and you go, oh, if, if it's got this much clout, this much recognition, it's got to be legit. Maybe I should invest. Or you go, this stinks, dude. Why do you need all of this chutzpah to, to sell me here? Like, what are you selling me then? And I mean, I don't know. I'm not a big crypto guy <laughs> I, and I've been rewarded obviously with this crypto winter shit. I think in a lot of ways, the death of Lunacoin and all these kind of things like have really had a ripple effect and FTX looked like they were going to be the people who are going to rally Bitcoin and maybe get them through. But then you realize they were doing it very fraudulent, <laughs> fraudulently, at least allegedly. I don't know. I mean, we'll see. Um, uh, they filed for bankruptcy as well, so more of their shit's gonna come to light. So I, I would not be surprised if you're gonna hear me talk about this shit. Um, you know, a little bit more. You're gonna get Fifty Shades freed a little bit here, but um, but yeah, I don't want to get too in the weeds. I feel like I talked about this already for too long. Um, let's see. In some other news, I got from Huffington Post. Um, Elizabeth Holmes sentenced to more than 11 years in prison. So this is the Theranos CEO. Um, she had been found guilty 
Um, surprisingly not of, like, all the charges, but she got hit, I think, for one, and it had, like, a maximum of, like, 20 years. So she's getting, like, 135 months or 11 and a quarter years in prison um, for her role in defrauding investors in her blood blood testing company. Um, and then she'll also have an additional three years of supervised release. She also won't serve this until April of next year. She is pregnant. I think they're going to let her have her baby and that kind of thing. And then she's going to serve her sentence. Um, I, I don't know. I think one of the weird things is that she was convicted. Um, let's see. Yeah, she was convicted of, of one count of conspiring to commit wire fraud against Theranos investors and three counts of fraud in connection to the wire transfers. Each count carried a maximum of 20 years in prison and could be served concurrently. Uh, Prosecutors asked Davila to sentence her to 15 years. Uh, Uh, The jury reviewing Holmes' case found her not guilty on four other counts, three of which related to defrauding patients and failed to reach a verdict on three others after seven days of deliberations. So I kind of thought that was the L here. That was kind of the sad part. Um, that, I mean, there, there, are, there are patients, you know, people who were affected by this because they believed in the results of the machine. Essentially, this machine was supposed, it was called like the, the Edison machine or some lame-ass shit. Yeah, name after another fucking charlatan, low-key, low-key. Maybe high key. I don't know. I'll arrange my my beliefs on that for another episode. But essentially, you get pinpricked, and like this little, these few drops of blood or whatever were supposed to tell you if you're like gonna have diabetes or cancer, like shit like that. Um, and it just didn't work. And they were kind of sourcing their data using like other things and kind of propping it up for as long as they could. But essentially, she was hitting the fan. People were getting misdiagnosed. I mean, this shit was in your local Walgreens. It had gotten that that streamlined. And, um, you know, I think the only dub, in my opinion, were people like Henry Kissinger um, invested in this shit. I think Rupert Murdoch, fuck him, dumbass, unsophisticated motherfucker. <laughs> um, they ate their shirt a little bit on this one. Um, but, I mean, obviously there's investors who weren't that. There are investors who were just like, hey – they heard about this. They had a line on this cool new company, Theranos, and, you know, their boss told them, like, hey, yeah, you should, like, get in there, get some get some money, you know, for the future. Say, you know, this is your retirement, and they bet their retirement on this shit, and they got fucked. That sucks. Um, you know, kind of like the FTX thing. Like, there were big whales who got fucked, and, you know, it's like, well, kind of whatever, fuck them. But there were also people who weren't. They were little guys. They're people who lost their fucking pension or whatever. Their retirement, like, gone now. Like, company fucked you on that. And, um, yeah, that's awkward. But, um, I mean, I, I do think 11 years, I didn't expect that, I guess. Maybe I'm jaded on the system. But, um, I mean, Elizabeth Holmes has a really interesting story. I would say if you'd like a cinematic kind of rendition of this shit that I've heard is pretty good, The Dropout, which I believe is on Hulu, uh, starring Amanda Sifried, kind of runs the whole story out. I mean, the trial is very interesting. Um, her life is very interesting. Um, you know, she definitely kind of like tries to imbibe the Steve Jobs energy or whatever. And I mean, she nails it. She, 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 she faked it till she made it. Um, so, yeah, there's that. Yeah. <laughs> 
Um, in some other news, another girl boss, um, ABC News, Pelosi stepping down from House Democratic leadership. Um, this has been a big news, uh, kind of going to tie some things together too. Um, you know, we've been doing the midterm coverage on the Patreon a little bit. <coughs> Excuse me. Um, obviously one of the shakeouts from that is the house has been claimed by the Republicans. I think they got like their 218 or whatever they needed to secure it. So after that, it looks like, uh, what is it? McCarthy, Kevin McCarthy. Yeah. Um, that rat fuck. Um, he's going to be the new guy, the new majority leader of the house. He's going to be banging the gavel and, um, Pelosi, who has been the democratic leader is decided she's going to step down. She's not going to be the minority leader for the Democrats, um, in the coming, um, terms. So, I mean, that was news I wanted to cover. She's 82 years old. Um, she is going to continue to still be in Congress, um, representing California's district. Um, she's been doing that for 35 years. Um, I don't know. I mean, I, I don't want to dwell on this too, too much. It's, it's big news in some ways, but in other ways, it's just, you know, I mean, Hey, it's just the moving of politics, bodies and bodies becoming other things, whatever. Um, I do believe, what is it? Uh, Hakeem Jeffries is looking like the new front runner for the position. Um, yeah, Hakeem Jeffries. There's others, there's some other people potentially in play. We'll see how that shakes up. Probably going to do some coverage there. But I mean, I mean, hey, heck of a run. Uh, I mean, it does kind of lead up to, I mean, she, um, did the whole Taiwan run, all that kind of shit. Um, we haven't really covered Nancy Pelosi too, too much. I personally don't have like any kind of malice or loathing towards her. To me, she's just another politician. I, I definitely, though, I would say the biggest thing is between her and her husband taking advantage of their position in politics and having control of, like, insider knowledge and then using that for insider trading and more or less just being allowed to do it. I think that's a kind of shitty-ass fucking thing. But, I mean, hey, these are people playing the game that is allowed by the system. What can you do? <laughs> Um, I will say it's crazy though. Like it, people hate Pelosi. They fucking hate her. And it makes me wonder like the why's, right? Because like, well, I, and, and usually it's the people I'm saying is like, it's a conservative guy and they usually don't like any kind of Democrat you put in their face. They're going to find a way to be like, oh, I wish I could like shoot this person. I don't know why they're fucking like that, but that's just why they want to take it. And, um, at least in their little fucking jerk off fantasies, it's really fucking odd. But, um, I mean, I've heard it too on the left. There's definitely people on the left who, they see the shit that Nancy Pelosi goes and they go, ugh, another fucking, you know, you know, democratic fucking farce, you know, bullshit. And, and that's true. I, I, I get that. I definitely, I think I tend to lead more on that end of the thought. Um, but at the end of the day, I do think it's cool that, you know, a woman has made these kind of strides. Hopefully more women will be in Congress. I think that's a good thing always. Um, but yeah, I don't know. It was news. This is a, a milestone of sorts, a changing of the guard. Um, also just allowed me to, to talk about the whole kind of, uh, change in the house. So there's that. We'll see what the house is going to look like. Uh, I mean, with the narrow majority that Republicans have, what are they going to do with it? It's very interesting. Um, I mean, probably nothing. Congress is a fucking shit show. I've heard people say that, but my my now, what, about two years of coverage so far, 
it's really like seeing it in action it's like this is a mud fight this isn't so dumb dude people aren't doing anything like the democrats had the majority and we watched a group of like what two to three people just muck it up and i just feel like that's all that this is it's always just a series of people just saying i'm gonna just like be as middle of the road as possible and not let any good thing happen and then republicans take over and then they fucking just drive shitty ass policies or like they waste time with fucking investigations that don't do or mean anything um also i mean speaking of investigations that probably aren't gonna mean shit the uh january 6th meeting is probably done that's probably doa so you know hey i kind of got rewarded for not doing too much coverage on that shit but um i don't know I, this is politics as usual i guess you know this is the real politique <laughs> i'm learning right alongside y'all i guess uh i mean shit maybe y'all already knew uh, maybe y'all listening just like yelling at your shit like come on isaiah <laughs> i roll um well yeah let's let's move on um i got this from the independent which i gotta say man i hate when an ad when a site is bogged down with ads so bad that it's like you can't even do your shit like i'm trying to be an article head over here you're, you're fucking me up um but anyway gabby petito's parents awarded three million dollars for wrongful death lawsuit taken against brian landry's estate so i mean this is kind of more of a symbolic thing um but any money that they do get is going to go to like i think the foundation that they made for gabby petito um you know if you're not familiar or forgotten this is the situation you know, with gabby petito brian landry and um you know initially they were first thought like spotted um at least when i heard this like it was via like police camera footage that was released um you know it was like some domestic thing that had taken place and they were trying to um suss out the situation i think they wound up letting uh gabby go or they separated them or something like that um which kind of leads into another article too i got from cnn but the guy petito's parents filed lawsuit against moab police alleging they could have saved her life um but essentially they took brian landry's like estate to court i don't know if it's necessarily their parents or whatever involved in that or not but um or his parents brian landry's parents um but i mean the situation was very sad very grim um from what it looked like the situation unfolded um brian landry wound up choking gabby to death and then like leaving her body in like a i think like a park of some sort I'm, you know i'm trying to dig it up for myself but um essentially yeah it was a grand tent in national park in wyoming i should just reread the article of course um but then they later found you know him um dead in like another place so you know it's sad that he isn't gonna you know get his day in court actually face justice or what have you but you know i mean this is them trying to kind of make the most of the situation um with you know obviously brian landry's estate and then also the police now i think the police thing's still ongoing i haven't heard a verdict or anything like that but it's like 50 million there um so we'll see because uh you know i'm, I'm curious to see how that case is going to shake out um and then i got my my little break coming up right here and then we're gonna finish off and i actually got some good news i feel like this is wholesome news and i mean i don't know you know you know i love talking about this news so you know 
Actually, lift off. We have ignition. Okay. Oh, 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 oh. Mm. Okay, 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 okay. Whew. So I got this from also CNN. Artemis 1 mission shares spectacular view of Earth after historic launch. So yay. Um, This was one I thought I was going to cover like months ago, but um, the Artemis 1 was having some liftoff issues. Um, I believe, like, they had, like, a couple of hurricanes in the way, like, just bad weather, and then also, I believe they had a fuel issue. Actually, they had a fuel issue on the day of the launch that they had what they called, I learned this reading the article, a red crew that had they had to come out and fix it. Pretty much what a red crew does, they come out and they ha it, they do whatever they can to fix like and patch up an issue and so that the launch can continue but essentially it's it's already happening like you have live fuel and everything in the rocket like if there's a malfunction if, it, if something blows up you're right there um so that's scary that's wild and even the guys are like yeah it's a pretty scary job but like it's it's worth it and um i mean hell yeah kudos to them they fixed said issue. Uh, the Armist One got launched. Now, granted, <coughs> excuse me, this was an unmanned uh, space uh, trip travel. <laughs> They're gonna go around the moon. Um, and um, gosh, I should have the actual dates or whatever. Um, the burn sets Orion up for its lunar flyby. I believe the Orion is like the the breakoff part of it correct me if I'm wrong there, uh, lunar flyby and closest approach of the moon on November 21st by entering a distant retrograde orbit around the moon on November 25th. Um, da, 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 da. They do have little mannequins in there, and I think that's kind of cute. Um, let's see. The capsule scheduled to splash down in the Pacific Ocean off the coast of San Diego on, on December 11th. Um, and the recovery teams will be waiting nearby to haul it to safe safety. Um, but this is like a lead up. So this is like Artemis 1. Artemis 2 is going to be a manned flight. And it's going to be a similar trajectory. And then Artemis 3, um, I believe it's going to take place like it's like a decades out. But essentially they want to land and have a woman on the moon. And I think that's pretty fucking cool. Um, that this is like kind of like a built-in plan. They're really making sure that they are just doing what they, they can do um, to be as progressive and, you know, make a, a lot of cool moves while they're doing this exploration. So that's nice. We like to see it. Um, let's see. Well, for once, I might be speechless, said Artemis 1's launch director, Charlie Blackwell Thompson, the first woman to hold such a role. Um, it's also said that um, she had green nail polish um, for, like, I guess that's, like, a good omen. Like, she likes to paint her nails uh, based on, like, you know, the projection of the launch is going to happen not happen. So green was for go. Um, and I think you're supposed to cut a tie for, like, a successful launch, like, when it's successful or whatever. 
So I think someone like gave them gave her a tie and uh, she got to cut it. And I thought that was cute. So, you know, we love to see it. Um, we'll definitely keep you posted on that launch or anything like that and future ones. That's going to be uh, a little bit farther out. I'm going to see something real quick before I let you go. Do, 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 do. Okay, never mind. Never mind. Sorry, some inside baseball. Um, but yeah, cool shit. We love to see it. We love being in space. Um, unless we're like going to do whack shit, like put like an ads up or whatever. That'd be whack, right? Um, which they're trying. Shit, they, they put ads up in the sky now. <laughs> Shit's whack. Um, but anywho, thank you for sticking around. If you've made it to the end of the episode, you're a champ. You're a real one. We love ya. Um, if you'd like to take your dedication and loyalty to the next level, I have a Patreon that you can donate. You can become a newsy now. Uh, $5 gets you bonus episodes. It gets you Discord access. It gets you a shout out on the podcast. Um, all kinds of fun stuff. Yeah. Um, free ways to hit me up, hit up the pod. Um, IsaiahNews1 at gmail.com. And I am on pretty much all the socials. Uh, except Mastodon. That's confusing. Weird. But if you are on Mastodon, pretty cool. I get it. Um, let's see. That's all I really got for you guys. Uh, hopefully I see you soon for some more good news. I love ya. Bye-bye. Mwah.